We need to continue to do the work on ourselves so we can be more empowered, start making more money, to begin having real voices for the collective where we're not hiding in the shadows and we're not afraid to say what we do and how we help. It's go time. Welcome to Simply Karmic, the podcast where the cosmos meets practicality. I'm your host, Maggie, a quantum psychotherapist, evolutionary astrologer, and holistic money and business mentor to conscious business leaders, changing the world from the inside out. If you're ready to build a wildly successful business and a life you are in love with that is fully aligned with your unique cosmic blueprint, then this podcast is meant for you. On this show, we talk about astrology, business, money mindset, and manifestation. Join me as we unlock the energetic codes and strategies to create the greatest story of your lifetime. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to Simply Karmic. We are about to delve into the energetic shift that's reshaping our existence as we know it and guiding us towards this unprecedented future. Guys, the age of Aquarius is coming in hot, like for real. (laughs) And as we edge towards 2027, a pivotal moment in time, we're all finding ourselves in a pretty big transition. And it's one that transcends mere dates. So when I say 2027, it's not a certain day and a certain time in 2027 that this gigantic shift light switch is going to happen. We're in it right now. The paradigm is shifting, right? (laughs) It's happening. It's manifesting as this gradual yet inevitable evolution. And it's not just about the world changing around us. It's about the internal tugs and the internal pulls that each of us are feeling urging us towards these paths that have been basically untraveled without a compass of logic that we're all so accustomed to. It's really the universe's call to adapt and to embrace a new way of being that will be essential for successfully navigating the future. As we stand at the crossroads of monumental societal shifts, understanding the dynamics of these changes is essential for navigating the waters of this rapidly evolving world. Grasping the significance of these shifts as I offer my insights into how you can adapt, grow, and ultimately shape a future that aligns with your deepest values and aspirations is truly crucial. It's truly critical for anyone looking to thrive in the new paradigm. Today, we lean into the wisdom of human design to unpack this monumental shift. We're at a threshold of the end of a cycle, and we're all feeling the finality of an era and the dawn of something new, a transformation that calls for a re-examination of how we move through the world. So join me as we explore what it means for us on both a collective and personal level and how understanding ourselves can offer clarity and guidance through these transformative times. To illustrate what's going on, everyone has an incarnation cross in their human design, and it consists of four 
gates. It's a key aspect of your human design chart. It represents the unique life theme or destiny that you are meant to fulfill. It's derived from the combination of the energies of the four most important gates in your human design chart. It's the sun and the earth gates from your birth time, the conscious, which is the right side, and about 88 days before your birth, the unconscious or design side, the left side, making up a total of four gates. Now, we've all been experiencing this background frequency over the last 400 plus years since like 1615 that has been a part of the incarnation cross, the cross of planning. And the future we're moving into is the cross of the sleeping phoenix. Now, I'm going to stick to the overall themes of the incarnation cross as opposed to going into each gate individually, or we'll be here for like three hours. No one wants to be here, including me, for three hours. (laughs) Now, the old energy that's coming to a culmination is the cross of planning, which represents the organizations we built in our global marketplace, in our governments, and in our education systems. The first shift is within traditional employment models. The world of work is undergoing a huge transformation, one that many of us felt brewing, but really became a reality during the unexpected global pause, right, brought on by COVID. The pandemic served as a catalyst for many to reassess their priorities, placing personal well-being and flexibility at the forefront. There's a collective re-evaluation taking place of what it means to live a fulfilling life. (laughs) So the shift away from traditional employment models implies a move away from the, you know, traditional nine to five employment model where this long-term loyalty to one single employer and the prioritization of job security over personal fulfillment are the norm. It's going to give way to more people pursuing freelance careers, entrepreneurship, or project-based work. And it's prioritizing personal fulfillment and flexibility over job security. And I'm not saying job security is not important, but this is the shift we're going into. We're going to see a greater emphasis on jobs and industries that are also supporting individual well-being and spiritual growth, like wellness, mental health, and personal development sectors, reflecting this broader societal valuation of abundance in terms of emotional and spiritual wealth. And I said I wasn't going to go into the gates individually, and I'm not, but abundance, I'm sure everyone's heard abundance a million times over the past five or 10 years, especially if you're listening to this podcast, but it's not just a buzzword. It is one of the gates and the cross of the sleeping phoenix. So abundance is going to, in terms of emotional and spiritual wealth, is going to be a prominent theme. So you're not alone. If you've ever sat there and daydreamed and lingered over the thought of crafting your schedule around what really feels right for you and not what's dictated by a traditional nine to five grind. So I ask you, my love, what does 
your Monday morning dream look like? And more importantly, what steps can you take today to make it a reality? Really ask yourself those questions. All right. Now, as we reflect on the shifts away from the traditional employment model towards, you know, like this this landscape where flexibility, fulfillment, and personal well-being are paramount, really becomes evident that this transformation is not isolated. It's part of a larger movement, a societal pivot that is also mirrored in the way we think about our economy. Economies heavily focused on consumerism where success and growth are measured by material accumulation and continuous consumption are transitioning towards a model focused on sustainability, well-being, and community. Have you ever really paused to consider the true cost of, you know, like the latest gadget you bought or um, the clothing haul that you couldn't resist? And I'm not just talking about the price tag, but the cost to our planet, the cost to our communities, the cost to our own well-being. For decades, our economies have been built on the idea that success equals more, more stuff, more consumption, more growth. But really at what cost? And guys, I'm not saying that I don't like gadgets or a good clothing haul. I am a cap rising and practicality is so important to me. I will tell you and I will be honest that I have a gadget for everything. I'm like, okay, this will make, this will cut my, you know, time out. I'm ruled by Saturn time. <laughs> Kronos. I, um, I love gadgets and I love a good clothing haul. And it's been a slow evolution for me personally over the last 14 years and more so after the last few years. I really started to reevaluate and imagine a world where success isn't measured by the mountains of possessions, right, that we accumulate, but by the health of our, our environment, the the strength of our communities and the well-being of every individual. And this isn't just a fantasy. It's the future we're beginning to build as we transition from a consumerist economy to one focused on sustainability. Think about the locals farmer market that's become, you know, like the Saturday staple or the Wednesday and Saturday or whatever in your neighborhood. And it's not just offering fresh produce, but it's also a chance to connect with your community and the people that actually grow your food. <laughs> or the rise of sharing economies where access to cars, access to tools, and, and even clothes, which I would not be down for, um, can be shared rather than owned. And it's basically reducing waste, right? And fostering a sense of community. So between this the, the traditional employment model and the evolution of our economy, economy you can see that it's um, that it's at the heart of uh, both of these things. It, it lies in a 
profound revaluation of what truly matters. This this shift towards personal fulfillment and community in our work and our economic practices is really just the beginning. It mirrors a similar transformation in our personal lives where the next shift is happening in um, where rigid family structures and traditional models of community are being completely reevaluated in favor of relationships and social constructs that honor our individuality and our happiness and our authenticity. We're We are witnessing a cultural evolution, a move away from these rigid structures that define what a family should look like. It's a shift from duty to happiness, from obligation to authenticity. It's about finding your tribe, your people, who support and uplift you not because they they have to because they but because they actually choose to and communities are springing up all over both online and their and in the real world that are redefining the concept of family from there's co-housing initiatives that bring together like-minded individuals to create these supportive living environments to social media platforms that are connecting people across the globe with shared interest and values, really forming bonds as strong as any traditional family tie. So my questions to you are, what does family mean to you? Is it bound by tradition or is it something you're actively choosing? Crafting according to your values, who you really are underneath your conditioning and the kind of support you seek. This is the question more and more of us are asking as we navigate our paths towards personal happiness and authenticity. And as we peel away the layers of conventional expectations, we are able to discover the the freedom, truly freedom to define our relationships and communities. So I invite you to think about what makes a family for you and how can you cultivate connections that resonate with your true self. I'm creating a Simply Karmic community inside of a private Facebook group designed to empower us to share, connect, and grow together. And here in this group, we'll dive deeper into what it means to create authentic relationships and supportive communities in our in our quest for personal happiness and authenticity. Whether you're seeking advice, sharing your journey, or just simply finding respite in the stories of others who are navigating similar paths, because we are all in this together, this group is here to welcome you with so much love. And it's a place where you can be unapologetically you. I don't know if any of you guys were the black sheep of your family. I'm raising my hand. You can't see me. But this is a place where you can be unapologetically you, 
embracing the freedom to define what family and community mean on your own terms. So if you have a desire for connections that truly resonate with who you are, I invite you to join us. I will attach the link in the show notes. Okay, now, just as we are witnessing a shift from rigid family structures, we're also observing a parallel transformation in societal expectations, moving away from transactional relationships towards cultivating connections that are rooted in genuine understanding and meaningful engagement. Have you ever felt like a conversation was more of a chess game? Each word that's carefully played with this underlying question of, what can you do for me? (laughs) It's a familiar feeling in a world where societal expectations often push us towards transactional relationships, measuring interactions in terms of gains and losses rather than genuine human connection. But now, imagine a shift, a move towards something deeper and infinitely more rewarding. Picture a world where our interactions aren't transactions, but actually opportunities for true connection, where we're not tallying points, but sharing moments. And this isn't just wishful thinking. It's the direction where we're headed We're heading as more and more of us crave authentic relationships over superficial exchanges. Think about the last time you had a conversation that left you feeling truly seen and heard, not because of what you could offer, but simply for who you are. These are the moments that remind us of the power of genuine connection, of building relationships, not on the currency of what you what we can do for each other, but on the value of simply being together. As we navigate away from the transactional um, undercurrent, the the underpinnings of our societal interactions, we're steering towards a future where authenticity reigns. As you can see, I've used this word a lot but this is a theme. It's a future where our relationships are defined not by what what we get from them, but what we feel in them. Joy, understanding, and a shared sense of humanity. And again, the Simply Karmic community is a community where we can all share, learn, and grow from our collective experiences of of cultivating deeper, more meaningful connections. So this is your chance to redefine what it means to interact, to move away from the what can you do for me mindset and embrace a more heartfelt, how can we connect approach. As we move away from transactional relationships and towards and toward authentic, meaningful connections, we're also beginning to challenge another deeply ingrained societal norm. And it's the cultural emphasis on material success as the primary indicator of personal and societal achievement. In our journey towards success, we often find ourselves navigating the traditional markers of 
achievement, which are financial stability, career advancement, and the culmination of wealth. These are undeniable important milestones reflective of hard work, dedication, and a commitment to personal and professional growth. I'm a cap rising and as someone who um, values financial success and recognizes its role in providing security and opportunities, I want to confirm its significance in our lives. It is significant. Yet, as we celebrate our financial achievements, we're also becoming aware of a broader horizon of success. And it's one that encompasses not just the material, but also the emotional, the spiritual, and the relational facets of our lives. And this doesn't mean diminishing the value of financial success, but rather it's about enriching our understanding of what truly makes life rewarding and meaningful. Imagine a world where financial success is not the end goal, but a means to a more balanced and fulfilling life. A life where emotional well-being, spiritual growth, and the quality of our relationships stand alongside our financial achievements as equally important pillars of success. Believe me, when I tell you that your emotional well-being not only creates your reality, it's vital to being able to experience what you actually create with that financial success. My late husband committed suicide in our 9,500 square foot home with the private jet and all of the fast cars you can imagine. So money does not buy happiness or mental health or spiritual growth or your well-being. It provides a masculine structure, a channel for us to use to be supported and to have fun and experience all of the things that life has to offer. Now, I'm I'm not going to go any more into that. So think of it as expanding our portfolio of success, just as a wise investor. I'm huge on investing, North Node, Eighth House. Just as a wise investor diversifies their investments to build stability and growth, we too can diversify our personal investments into areas beyond the financial, into our mental health, our personal growth, and our connections with others. And this isn't just about choosing one over the other, but about recognizing that a truly successful life is rich in a variety of experiences and achievements. As we continue to strive for financial success, let's also embrace the opportunities to deepen our emotional connections, nurture ourselves, nurture our spiritual journeys, and invest in relationships that bring us joy and fulfillment. All right, there are two more shifts that we are experiencing from the cross of planning into the cross of sleeping phoenix. As we embrace a holistic approach to success, recognizing the 
the balance between financial prosperity and the abundance of our emotional, spiritual, and relational lives, we're also witnessing a profound transformation in the government structures that govern us. Top-down governance models are being reevaluated in the face of a global call for greater collaboration, participation, and transparency. Around the world, the cracks in rigid hierarchical systems are becoming impossible to ignore. People are demanding change, advocating for governance and organizational models that reflect our shared values of inclusivity and openness. It's a pivotal moment. It's a clear signal that the era of unilateral decision-making and this, this cloudy and murky authority is giving way to something fundamentally more aligned with the spirit of our times in the age of Aquarius. It's not just a shift. It's not just a shift, guys. It's, it's a revolution in how we conceive of power and leadership. Picture a towering ancient wall that's stood for centuries that's completely impenetrable. Now imagine, slowly but surely, cracks beginning to form as the voices of the many gather strength and volume, challenging the silence of the few at the top. This is a metaphor for what's happening in our world today. The traditional fortresses of power, those top-down governance models, that have dictated the course of our societies and organizations are being rigorously questioned, if not outright dismantled, (laughs) literally dismantled before our very eyes. We're all watching this happen. And in every corner of the globe from the boardrooms of multinational corporations to the halls of government, um, a seismic shift is is happening. The old playbook where decisions were made behind closed doors by a very select few is being rewritten. With the shift that's happening, you have to imagine now like a, a, a round table, not in the sense of, of King Arthur <laughs> and his knights, but more of as a symbol of our modern pursuit of equity and inclusion. This is where decisions aren't handed down. They're built up collaboratively with every voice, not only heard, but actually valued. We're witnessing an unprecedented moment in history where where transparency is becoming a foundational principle. People everywhere are demanding more from those positions of authority. They're calling for governance and organizational models that don't just pay lip service, right, to the idea of participation, but are built on it. (laughs) The rise of social media and the digital platforms have given us a glimpse into the possibilities, literally enabling real-time, wide-scale engagement and accountability that was really previously unimaginable. 
as these traditional models crumble, we're not just spectators sitting back watching a game. We are active participants in this transformation, in this revolution. Each tweet, each protest, each vote is a brick removed from the old wall of hierarchy. We're seeing through the facade. We're, we're recognizing that the strength of our systems lies not in their rigidity, but in their ability to adapt, to listen, and to evolve according to the needs and the values of people they serve. So as we all stand witness to this pivotal shift, we need to ask ourselves, what role can we play in cultivating a more collaborative, participatory, and transparent world? How can we contribute to building systems that reflect our collective ideals of fairness, accountability, and shared decision-making? Guys, the the walls are coming down, and in their place, we have the opportunity to construct something truly representative of the ethos of inclusiveness that defines the best of who we are and aspire to be. Now, amidst the transformation from the top-down governance models, we're witnessing a parallel revolution in education. Do you remember sitting in a classroom, (laughs) staring at the clock and wondering how memorizing dates (laughs) or solving for X would ever apply to your real life. That experience, so common for many of us, is on the cusp of becoming a relic of the past. We're standing at the threshold of a revolution in education. And it's one that promises to transform the traditional one-size-fits-all approach that has long dominated our classrooms. It's funny because both of my kids, one's in college, one's in elementary school, and they're always like, what is this going to help me with? What is this going to help me with? It's so funny. Um, But soon will be gone. Um, Gone will be the days when every student was expected to fit into the same mold, assessed by standardized tests that value basically memorization over understanding. It's like that intellectual understanding versus embodiment, right? It's um, conformity over creativity. Imagine instead a classroom that adapts to each student's unique strengths, interests, and learning pace. Picture an environment where learning is not just about absorbing facts and regurgitating them, but also about exploring passions, developing skills, and nurturing creativity. I just read this book. If anyone wants it, please message me. I will put it in or I will send it to you. I have to find it. I think it's called Soul's Code. I'm digressing a little bit here, but he wasn't an astrologer, but One of my mentors recommended the book because it's based upon astrology. And this guy is just amazing. But he says the only difference between one person that becomes great at a very, very young age, like Beethoven, right? Just an example. And someone that becomes equally great later in life is being able to not only recognize the call, 
but to also take action on the call. And of course, there's environmental factors, right? Nurture versus nature. Parents, he explains that um, the mother was actually a pivotal point, um, a, a pivotal person in a, per, a, a child's life to actually create that action for them. But our classrooms are not currently doing this. This is really important to me, as you can see, because <laughs> I have children. But our classrooms aren't doing this. And it's very exciting to hear that one of the shifts that is coming is to um, you know, have a classroom that adapts to each student's strengths, interest, and learning place. And um, fostering, you know, exploring passions, developing skills, and nurturing their creativity. And the shift isn't just about, you know, doing away with uniforms or standardized testing. It's about recognizing and celebrating the the diversity of human intelligence. For too long, traditional education systems have placed academic and professional achievements on a pedestal. And it's often overlooking the immense value of creative, emotional, and vocational skills. But like I said, the winds of, you know, the winds of change are blowing for sure. It's, it's, um, they're ushering in a more inclusive understanding of success in a talent and intelligence, which is awesome. So you can think about a world where a student's love for painting or talent in woodworking or we used to have a woodworking class in high school and it was like a joke. No one took it seriously. They took it so they can like screw around, but times are changing. Um, you know, some kids have a knack for understanding others' emotions and these are going to be seen as equally valuable as proficiency in math or science. And I'm not, I'm not like poo-pooing on math or science. I loved math and science. I have a minor in, in physics, um, but it's still shifting, right? Still shifting. And it's not a far off dream, but the direction we're really headed in. Education is expanding its horizons to embrace a broader range of skills and life paths, recognizing that the future belongs to those who can think creatively adapt swiftly and emphasize deeply. As we move towards these more personalized, flexible, and student-centered learning experiences, we're defining what it means to be educated, basically, right? We're preparing our children not just to pass tests, but to face the world with confidence, resilience, and a deep understanding of their own value and potential. Hello, Conscious Parenting 101. So as you can see, these shifts away from established paradigms towards new ways of living and being are reflective of this <clears throat> of this broader transformation in global consciousness. They suggest a future where individual empowerment authenticity and spiritual and emotional well-being are prioritized over material success, conformity, and external authority. And this transition represents a significant change in how individuals and societies will define um, value, uh, will define value, success, and community. So the Sleeping Phoenix is a very individualistic type of a frequency 
I'm going to take a sip really quick. <clears throat> it's all about selfish survival in the now. And <laughs> when I say selfish, I do not mean greedy. We associate selfishness with greed, but really capitalism, which was created through the cross of planning, is what's greedy. Selfish individual survival is about making sure that you're okay first before you help someone else. It's about putting on your oxygen mask first. Self-care is not selfish, but essential, especially in the times of change. This is all about your own individual expression and your own individual truth. And if you are a coach, mystic, healer, change maker, revolutionary, you can only take your clients as far as you have gone. And if you do not prioritize putting on your oxygen mask first, you cannot be a leader that you want to be. And it's all about being being the person you wish to become in order for it to actually happen. I'm going to do a podcast episode on that. So <clears throat> you're most likely recognizing that there's a duality in our world right now. It's the the polarization. The polarization has everything to do with both sides feeling that their truth is the only truth. But what 2027 represents is that there's actually a billion truths. <laughs> there's your truth, there's my truth, and there's everybody else's truth. And that's what being an individual is all about. Being an individual is about making decisions as yourself underneath the conditioning of what you think you should be or have to do. And you're taking care of yourself in a way that doesn't have to do with what other people need and what other people think. And you actually might be called selfish if you start doing this in your life. But following your own convictions and making sure that you take care of yourself before anybody else is actually a revolutionary act in some places. When you look at global politics and what's happening in the world through this lens, you can see that a lot of the old traditions are falling away. You can see that the response from certain global organizations just aren't holding up their end of the bargain. And it's no one's fault. And that's what human design says. We have no choice. What we're looking at might not look, you know, it might not look pretty, might not look orderly, but it's a necessary part of our evolution. So the sleeping phoenix represents burning down the old ways and rising from the ashes. And there's nothing wrong or bad or good about it. It's just about how you yourself are going to handle this. How we did things, what we cared about, what we valued is all going to change. You're going to see that when the old ways start to shift, certain people are going to hang on tighter than ever before. And this is because most people don't like change. The mind sees change as a threat and it's um, not okay with uncertainty. There's been massive movements such as moving out of slavery. Some people wanted to stay in it. It was a revolution. It needed to happen. The evolution needed to happen, but some people, you know, did not like change. It's just an example. <clears throat> now, this doesn't mean that 
communities are going to fall apart immediately. In fact, communities might be leaning more on each other. As we get closer and closer to the shift, as we see that supply chains are getting disrupted and it's getting increasingly more difficult to get materials from overseas, it's already started happening. So we might see a much more uh, localized way of doing business, like people growing their own food and sharing it. We're also, we will also witness a transformative shift towards the revitalization of local economies as people increasingly embrace the creation of work within their communities. We're going to see outsourcing jobs to other countries basically come to a halt, guys. The future is going to be in the value of local craftsmanship, services, and entrepreneurship underlining the importance of supporting and sustaining our immediate communities. So this is going to be an age where it's going to be very much about me, very much about the individual. And like I said and explained to you, it's not the selfish me and the individual as in greedy. It's about who are you for real, though. (laughs) And there's some, you know, there's some like negative Nellies out there that, you know, the doomsdayers that are like, it's all going to come crumbling down. It's all going to be every man from herself. It's going to get so ugly. You know, we're not going to rely on anything because there's not going to be any money because the institutions are going to fall. I don't subscribe to that. I really don't. I see the opportunity that's in it. We all need to rise to the occasion together. There is always an opportunity for us to rise to the occasion rather than have to go and hide and and wait for everything to fall. While the shift is inevitable, how we choose to respond, not react, but to respond to it is within our control, right, is the most important thing. So how we respond to it within our control is the most important thing. This is an opportunity to consciously create the future you desire. There is a huge potential for a more authentic, fulfilling life and a society that values emotional and spiritual well-being alongside material success. The draw to and the rise of entrepreneurship and People really feeling called to do their own thing, to find their purpose and higher calling and to create an impact with their message so they can help change the world from the inside out is a positive thing and is exactly what is needed in these times of the shifting paradigm. So as change makers, revolutionaries, healers, mystics, coaches, we are the ones preparing the world for something good to come out of this. We all need to rise to the occasion together to help guide the planet into this higher level of consciousness that we're shifting into in the cross of the sleeping phoenix. We need to continue to do the work on ourselves so we can be more empowered, start making more money, to begin having real voices for the collective where we're not hiding in the shadows. And we're not afraid to say what we do and how we help. It's go time. And I know we're up for the change and it's coming whether we want it or not.
So what do we do to fortify ourselves? We need to fortify ourselves with our own reliance on our individual knowing ourselves, on being independent, and by knowing how to navigate without necessarily relying completely on these institutions, on these bigger networks that we've had before. So learning about yourself and how you're meant to be successful and prosperous and make decisions with your own skills and gifts is is going to be massively important for you moving forward into the shifting paradigm. So how can you be in more alignment with yourself? Do you even know who you are, why you are here, or what your higher calling is? I invite you to reflect on your own beliefs and values and consider how you align with the new paradigms emerging. These are all very vital things to understand about yourself now more than ever. And I just laughed because you know what I just felt like? (laughs) Have you ever seen Legend? Is it I Am Legend? It's with Will Smith and he's on the microphone and he's like, does anyone hear me? If you hear me, I am located here. I feel like I just put a beacon of light out to everyone. (laughs) That was funny. Okay, so if you dig into these things, I assure you, you are going to be ahead of the curve. You're going to feel more comfortable with the uncertainty of what's to come because you know that you can trust yourself and your own ability to be self-sustainable using your own strengths and talents. Astrology and human design. Astrology is a part of human design, astrology is I'm an evolutionary astrologist and um, I'm just guys I'm telling you now if you don't know you have to have someone read your chart and tell you your path and who you are and all of these things it's so important they're my favorite tools astrology and human design to understand yourself on a soul deep level for much of my life I found myself merely existing, living for others and not honoring my true self, primarily because I was unaware of who I really was or that there existed um, another way, (laughs) that there, you know, existed a path less traveled. And a big part of my soul journey has been a pretty tough road to discovering who I am and expressing my own authenticity, part of my own journey, right? Um... Being prosperous and financially self-sufficient using my own unique and skills has been a significant part of my journey. Achieving prosperity and financial independence through my own unique talents and skills has been, it's just been such a crucial milestone along my path with Mercury, Venus, and Sun all positioned in my second house of my natal chart, my south node being in the second house and the 12th, and I I can go on and on, but themes of self-worth and resourcefulness have prominently shaped my life. And although the journey, we know this, although the journey of self-discovery and shedding the societal conditioning, like peeling an onion year after year is ongoing... (laughs) I've reached 
a pretty profound understanding of my inner self with the guidance of evolutionary astrology and human design. I've gained clarity on my soul's past, how it was affecting the present, my soul's future aspirations, and most importantly to me, cap rising, how to embrace this evolution while ensuring financial stability. Financial stability, this aspect is particularly significant to me as a sickle mom of two boys, one in college, the under, under seven, really highlights the importance of security and resilience in my own narrative. So if you are intrigued by the idea of tapping into your own personal power and strength, through a deep, soulful understanding of yourself, who you are, your purpose, your higher calling, and how you're destined to contribute to the collective in a manner that also ensures your financial well-being. I have a three-month group coaching program, Soul Legacy, launching the end of March designed to help you uncover all of these aspects of yourself. So if you're interested, you can find the link to Soul Legacy in the show notes. And I wish you a beautiful day. I love you. You're beautiful. And I will see you on the other side. Until next time.